Hey everybody, welcome back to From the Arsenal. Um, we're back for another episode. Uh, this week we're going to start finally talking about stuff that's going on in Monarch Land. Last time you were with us, we were just talking kind of our sealed events, um, some of our excitement opening some product, that kind of thing. But now we've actually played some games. Um, so to help me with that, we have Brian, Addison, and Todd. Um, how are you guys doing? Not too bad. It's been a fun weekend. Yeah, doing good. Doing good. Still here, man. Just keeping it real, I guess, huh? Yep, just just here to be realism. <laughs> um, so we've had a lot of stuff going on. We've been um, preparing for a Blitz skirmish um, coming up in the not-too-distant future. So we've been playing a ton of Blitz locally. So I figured we would start off with that um, and just maybe get an idea of what you guys are playing or testing or trying to figure out how things have been going at the shop. And then we can kind of break down some of the big events that have gone on recently. We had the tower number nine online event, as well as the fab gauntlets through the discord um, that have been kicking off for that. Um, so I guess I'll just go ahead and start. Um, Cause I'm not doing anything that exciting. And so hopefully you guys can fill some time talking about cool stuff, but I've just been playing Kano. <laughs> um, no frills, just seeing if he still works. He, he does to work pretty well. I got I got pummeled on Friday, but the prior week I had done pretty well, and I, I'm still pretty fresh on him. So um, I'm having some learning pains, um, figuring out when I can and can't do some stuff. Um, but really, like unchanged deck still feels fine. Um, there's a couple cute little things that we're trying with it um, that I know I've heard people talk about a little bit, like the nourishing emptiness and. Um, see how those work in there see if five card hand feels good um but yeah i've just been trying that it's been up and down not super exciting um brian what have you been trying so yeah me and addison uh kind of started building off on uh the cracked bobble uh youtube channel uh kind of going over some of the new decks that you're going to be seeing out there in blitz uh the first two that we did were bolton sabers and uh shane with uh joker seven i believe it was and I've also tried out Dorinthia Axes. And so far, I think Shane has been the, the one deck I can say has been somewhat solid in terms of things that you can do consistently. And it doesn't feel like it does, you know, it has a nice flow to it. Um, both the Warrior decks so far, at least with, you know, changing it up from Dawnblade, just going tall and things of that nature, um, has felt kind of wonky, I want to say. Uh, you do have some great turns that comes out from those things, uh, but sometimes, and a lot of times, you, you'll, you'll kind of run into nothing. It's just, it kind of dead draws or you're having to block out, and all of a sudden your, your plans just don't go the way you wanted to. Um, so I'm going to be trying out a couple of new things. Uh, I think Addison threw me a uh, his Bravo deck. I'm going to take a look at that and see because I want to try some different things. I don't want to be so aggressive. I want to try some defensive plays. Um, I've also been thinking about going back to Mage and trying that out again. I think Kano still is a has got a very good uh, deck, and we've seen it. I would like to you know try to do better with that. And I'm also thinking about either doing Olivia or um, Brute type deck because I think that would be kind of interesting. I've never really tried that yet. So I think there's some, some play there so yeah, far. We've had a, we've had a lot of wizards kind of pop back up. I know Mike is still on him. Kind of. He's splitting some time with uh, Levia and Kano. I'm on it. Um, I've seen a couple other guys on it too. We may, we may even have five people playing it now. And uh, it seems like last, it. Yeah. Prior to the last skirmish, it was just Mike. 
Um, and I was going to pick it up before then, but since we only had a couple more weeks to prep, I didn't feel comfortable trying to jump in. So I ended up playing Bravo for that. Um, but he's been on my radar for a while, so I'm glad he still feels good. Um, and I think we kind of expected him to. So, yeah, he got some. He got some good help. He got some good help in the cards. What are you working on, Addison? I've been jamming games with Bravo like crazy. I've got like probably sixty plus games now with him. Uh, maybe Between more. live and TTS. Between live and TTS, yeah. Um, hey, you were the you were the TTS master among us. <laughs> I haven't played a lot of TTS. I've been playing a lot of ladder, um, trying to get some competitive games in there. Um, so far undefeated, but it's getting harder and harder the more people that jump on. So, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I've been playing Bravo a lot because at the end of last skirmish season, it's it's what I wanted to play last skirmish season anyway. But I was playing uh, Dorinthia because I was tired of losing to Ira. And then now that we've got some new cards, I don't care. I'll just lose to Ira if I have to. But I don't lose to her all the time. I'm, I'm like a, I've got my matchups like fifty percent, which I'm happy with. Um, but everything else feels good, so it's like. I mean, you can't you can't have a great matchup across the board. I don't think so. Um, yeah, that's what I've been jamming. Um, been just playing tons and tons of games with Bravo. I've played everything across the board that you can possibly think of playing. Um, and I gotta say, I think that the I think Kano is really good still. I think that Iris really good still. Um, I think that Prism is not good in Blitz. Um, I think that. Um, and I think that Reinar is really good in Blitz. That matchup has shifted a lot for me, um, whereas before I thought that that was kind of a favored matchup. Now I kind of, I kind of get a little, little, little nervous when I see Reinar across the table because I, I, there's just some explosive things that he can do that you really can't do anything about. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's where I am with it. Uh, I'm just you know trying to trying to really hammer out my forty cards. I'm pretty pretty darn close, if not if not all the way there that yeah you sound like you're in a good place too i think a few of us are still kind of figuring out where we want to be and you're like there and at the tweak stage so mm-hmm. that's pretty nice yeah it does feel good um i want to i want to get more games in the skirmish season and so it feels nice to be a little bit more prepared than i was last yeah. season how about you todd what you working on um i just been going hard on chain or chanye chanye chain Nope, nope. It's it's Chanye. Um, so I, I, he's he's been a lot of fun. Um, he takes a a lot of tweaking. Um, getting getting the basic engine together in that deck, I feel, is pretty easy. Um, it's figuring out all of your supplemental pieces that actually bring it all together into a co- cohesive unit. Um, that's really been the trick with him. Um, and also trying to squeeze in a little bit more aggression out of some of the attacks, because uh, otherwise he just feels like it's it's always a lot of small wides, uh, and I'm just trying to up his damage build a little bit. Um, other than that, um, like Addison mentioned there at the end, uh, I, I always bounce back and forth to Reinar. Um, I'll, I'll play ten games on chain, and then pick up Reinar again, and just be like, "Oh, this is where I belong." So, <laughs> yeah, you have a lot of experience on that deck. So, yeah, I mean, I love it. I, I think it's a lot of fun. I think it has it, – it does not have very many bad matchups, and most of its bad matchups still feel like they're, like, 50-50s, and, and it just comes down to, like, play choices and stuff like that and just not making errors. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so we've, we've had a couple big online tournaments over the last couple weeks, uh, as I mentioned in the intro. So we had the tower number nine, um, and then there's the weekly, um, fab discord gauntlet. Um, and that kicks off on Saturday. Is it Saturdays or Sundays now? It was Mondays, Saturdays. That's right. Um, so we've seen a few different things, uh, a few old things in that. So I just wanted to kind of start digging into how the meta is shaking out now. Um, so just right off the top, we know that the tower number nine, that was won by Dorinthia. Dorinthia is still showing up all over the place. And then the last fab gauntlet that I watched was won by an Ira. Also old news. Um, what do you, what do you guys kind of think the meta is looking like? Like, I know we've seen some chain Chanye make an appearance, but it seems to be a lot of the old heavy hitters are still kind of holding the top spots. Um, you think that's just people figuring it out or you think those old decks are still super good? Um, I'll uh, take it. I'll go, I'll go first. If that's all right. Um, I think that, uh, I think it's just cause chain hasn't been figured out yet. I think that once bigger people figure that deck out, he'll start top eight all the time. Or, I mean, I mean, I know he's already top eight. I think he'll start winning. Um, we've seen Ira win and Kano. Those are just old, older older decks, and I think people have just got the reps with them. You know? Halfway, a mm-hmm. co- couple, couple skirmishes in, uh, we're going to see uh, we're gonna see him pop up everywhere, I think. Um, I think his Dorinthia matchup is super good. Um, I don't think – I think that he'll probably keep her down a little bit. Um, and I think that his Ira matchup is also pretty good. So I do think that um, when it comes down to it, we're going to see some chain doing some work uh, when it, a couple weeks from now. And Todd, you were about to jump in there. Did you have something you wanted to say? No, I, I think a lot of it has to do early on with what Addison said. Um, being familiar with your list um, has a lot to do in this game. When you know when you know what cards are in your list, what you know what to expect coming out of the rest of your deck. Um, that's an important advantage to have over a lot of other people who are just picking up these decks for the first time uh, and have a limited number of reps with them. Um, so it gives you a great advantage in a competitive tournament. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think it's like, I think you should expect to see that. I think you should expect to see that as averages in the first couple skirmish events that are coming up. Um, and I do think that as it goes on and the more people get to get these matches and these larger events, you're going to start to see things morph and change. And, and I agree. I think I think Chain has some play. Uh, I, I think figuring out the final list is going to be um, a brain teaser, but the guy that does it is going to look like a genius. Because yeah. that, de- that deck, I feel like, will be nigh unbeatable if it can just get built a little bit tighter. So, Brian, I, I have a funny question for you. Since you play both Ira and Dorinthia, though you mostly play Ira in Blitz, um, are you happy to see that the decks that you like to play are still kind of holding the top spot? Were you hoping for some more innovation right off the bat? Well, for me, um, and I'm, I'm going to kind of use the old Magic the Gathering uh, trope here, uh, it seems like a lot of, like we've already stated, uh, older decks with just a couple of small tweaks from new cards seem to win at least for the first like week or so because of the fact that, you know, it's, it's brand new. A lot of people are trying out a lot of new things and they're not quite, uh, I want to say, polished. So usually the more aggressive type decks will win out the first couple of weeks until people can build it out correctly. Um, it's going to go the same way with this. Like, I am happy that Ira is still playable so that I have something competitive to go to. If I can't pull anything out of, you know, 
out of out of thin air to to work correctly for me or does it flow correctly then you will see me on sunday uh or excuse me this saturday when we have that new skirmish match uh pull out ira again and the good thing is is that you know it's on autopilot at this point i don't have to think about it i just know it i just play it and go with it and that's mm-hmm. that's a good thing it doesn't give me a lot of you know brain cramps through the matches trying to figure out did i do something correctly i'll know if i do it right or wrong um, do I want to see new things take place? Yeah, I, I'm trying out new things right now because I do think that we are going to see a big shift, uh, especially with all these new mechanics. I think that there's a lot to look at, and I see a lot of play from a lot of different places. I mean, from Shane to Prism even. It's just like there's a lot that's going to be opened up, and I think a lot of people right now are trying new stuff to be that first person to be, like Todd said, I came up with the meta because I built this and everybody wants to copy me. So the first person to do that is going to look amazing and going to have interviews and all kinds of stuff. Um, but for right now, they're going to get toppled by more uh, by decks that have been established and they know their plays inside and out, and it doesn't phase them with the new characters just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of going back to something that Addison was mentioning when he was talking about um, what he's been playing and seeing in TTS, and Todd, I think it'd be interesting if you took this one because uh, you played this class a lot, but... The, there's a kind of a, a split in what people think about Brute. And there's some some people who think that Reinar is going to just continue to be the more impressive Brute and is just going to continue to run away with it just because of the way decks are constructed and some of the limitations of Levy and stuff like that. Like, do you think one of them stands out way more than the other? Are you sticking with Reinar? Do you care about Levy at all? Do you think she's dead? What do you think about those two? I, th- I think Levia's best place is in Blitz. Um, and I, I, she feels like she could be a, a Kano version, right? Like Kano doesn't feel like he's a giant threat in Constructed. But him in, in Blitz, man, he's he's damn near top tier, right? Um, and I think Levia has the ability to get there. Um, she's working with the same kind of limitations, you know, coming out the gate where she's only got – one set of her cards to really play with. And I think as she goes forward and like the next set, we get more shadow cards. Cause I'm assuming these are going to work kind of in a block formation. Right. I mean, uh, that's what, uh, do you guys think the same? I hope so. I don't see why it would go away. So yeah, like, I, yeah, like I feel like this works kind of in a block format. Right. So the next set should have even more shadow cards and some of there's going to be, there's going to be some crossover there for her as well. I think she has the ability to get stronger um, but for me right now, like if you're asking me between Levia and, and Reinar, Reinar all the way, man. Like I'll take Reinar in Blitz and Constructed. Mm-hmm. What about you, Addison? You have a preference on those? What do you see happening with that? Yeah, I'm with Todd. I, I don't see I don't see her being able to overtake him in any way, shape, or form as far as um, consistency and performance goes in the decks. I think she's interesting. I really do. Um, I just – I don't know something about her mechanic. There's no upside to it. You know, it's all downside. You know, there's no mm-hmm. advantage to having the cards in blood debt. And um, other than the fact that she does have some pretty good playable blues that are sixes, which I do like, um, I think that Reiner's has got the advantage there. So one thing that's interesting, I know you said that there's no upside to the blood debt, and I agree with you for the most part, except what I do think is interesting um, is that we've got those two legendary cards for Chanye and Levia, which summon the ally tokens. And Levia is the only deck of those two I've seen so far, and Josh has done this a couple times, is actually get 
his Blasma Fett out in the game and do damage with it. Um, he's, he's had the six blood deck cards in Arsenal on a couple different occasions. And I think he's kind of using, he, well, he is using the mentor to dig for the card, which is letting him get it off. But, um, of the two decks, that's the only one I've seen go off so far. Um, which I think like Todd was saying, like if she can consistently do that in blitz, um, she's just going to pummel people. Cause like we, we had talked about this before where maybe that ally token feels like a win more, but once you get it out, you're pretty much assured to win the game at that point. Um, so I do think that's interesting. Um, do you guys, speaking of that, do you guys think that we're going to get to see Eclipse pop off at any point? Have you guys gotten close while you're messing with Chanye or seen it online, Addison? Oh, I've seen it a bunch of times, uh, but in Classic Constructed, not Blitz. Right. Do you think that is going to push him, one of the things that pushes him ahead in Constructed? Yeah, I do. I, I think that it, I think that's what you're going for. Like, I, like every every list that I play against is building for towards that turn, um, and once you get there, you, it's hard to lose. Is it a win um, more? No, I think it's a win condition. Hmm. I don't think it's a win more. I think because I think it shores up your bad matchups. Like your good matchups, you don't even need it, and your bad matchups, you need it to win. Right. Yeah, Todd. I know. I know you've gotten close in Blitz, but you haven't quite been able to pull it out. Um, you think that's possible in Blitz, or is that just kind of don't worry about it? So I think in Blitz it is a win more. Um, like if you if you've gotten to that point in a Blitz game, you're probably winning and winning hard. Um, so I, I do think it's a win more in Blitz. Uh, but I do, I also agree with Addison about when you start looking into classic constructed, that card gets a hell of a lot easier to pull off. Um, and it gets a hell of a lot scarier when, when you know that that's one of their actions they're going to take in the next turn. Uh, and if they've gotten to the point where they've played that card, you've either A, taken a metric ton of damage, uh, or B, blocked out with your hand and had no way to swing into it the next turn. Um, so either way, it's done its job, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think I think in, in Constructed, it's, it's going to be it, – it'll be a game changer, like Addison said. I think it is the win condition. Um, so kind of keeping in that same line of thought about cards that are making an impact, I, I think it'd be interesting to kind of keep up this little series on Monarch cards that are showing up in your decks and doing well, or, you know, some kind of witty title. Um, I know we addressed this the last time and like cards that we saw in sealed that seemed really impactful, but as you guys have played with the Monarch cards more, um, has there anything that you've put into your deck or seen other people put into their decks that seems like it's been a major impact. Um, Brian, you see anything yet? I mean, for me, besides the stuff that's already been talked about, uh, the only crazy thing I've seen that's kind of popped off, at least on me in our, in our stream on, uh, Bolton versus chain is, uh, a turn one soul food with everything going into the person and then drawing up four for the first turn. That was a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if that's what you want to go with with that hand, but uh, you know, it seems like you know you do get some very interesting turn ones that you didn't have before when it comes to uh, stocking your soul um, and doing some other crazy things. Because I mean, that went from him putting everything into his soul to his second term doing uh, what is it, the cataclysm, and then another couple of attacks. It's like good grief, and that was all in a blitz match. That's a lot going on. <laughs> it hurt. I heard of. I've heard of Soul Food making an impact because there's a, a Bolton OTK deck that's kind of going around. I haven't seen it in person, but I know that people have been looking at building it. And one of the things that it wants to do is Soul Food turn one 
and then have the cards in soul to then go off uh, crazy huge with axes later. Or yeah, swords, you, I'm sorry. Yeah, if you, if you want to see it, uh, like I said, it's on my YouTube channel. We've got the actual video of it happening with Addison on chain <laughs> turn one. And it's just like, well, damn. <laughs> uh, how about you, Addison? Any any cards that are like coming on your radar or have made a big impact that you've seen? Yeah, I mean, I've been testing. Um, I tested Exude Confidence for a while. I think that card's really, really good. Um, I tested it in Bravo. I ended up cutting it later. Uh, but I think that that card's going to be very good. And you're going to see it pop up a lot of different places. Um, I think it's really good in Ira, and I think it's really good in Kano. So I think that uh, I think it's better in Kano. Yeah, it's really good. It's good. It's really good in Kano. Um, I think those are two places you'll see it. Um, and then let's see. I haven't played with Nourishing Emptiness at all, but I but in theory to me it seems really good in like a Dorinthia deck um, or any sort of deck that doesn't run a ton of attack actions. In Bravo specifically, I have been running Rouse the Ancients, which has been just so good. Uh, I love that card. And then also, um, not so much in Blitz, but in Classic Instructed, I've really been liking Out Muscle. Um, it is the three cost, um, rare, so it's, it's a rare cycle, so it's got red, blue, and yellow. But the rare, the rare, uh, the red is what I run in my Bravo deck, and it's cost three. Um, if it's not defended by a card with equal or greater attack value, then it gets go again, which is kind of nice as a cyborg card. Um, How about you, Todd? Seeing anything? Um, so I can confirm nourishing emptiness in um, Dorinthia is disgusting. Yeah. Did you get hit by it today? Uh, I, no, I didn't get hit by it today. I didn't play today. Um, but I did get hit by it doing some test games this week on TTS. And, and it just it made me cry inside. Like, <laughs> like I, I felt like I had lost as soon as that happened. I was like, "Oh, well, next turn's gonna suck." Um, <laughs> like, it, you, like you just know it. Um, I've also I've also been playing around with some other cards. I'm really trying to dial in this chain list, and I think I've got some some interesting play. Um, uh, uh, there, there's been a few cards that have been more appealing to me the more i've played it and and the main one has been um howl from beyond uh, i think that card's a lot better than i thought it was all, out of the gate mm. um the fact that you can play it from the banner zone it's a plus three pump it checks the box for your actions like it does everything you want a card to do in a deck that's trying to play from banish mm -hmm. um so i i really really like that card a lot uh the drawback to it for me is it's a two cost. Um, but when when that's one of your only two costs in your list, um, it, it's very easy to play. So it's a lot easier to get off than I felt like it was going to be initially. Uh, but that card's been very impressive since I picked it up. That's one that I liked in Sealed, but I haven't seen in much in either Blitz or Classic Constructed. So well, let's see that go off. Yeah, and it also it checks a box that um, that chain needed checked, which was I, I need a solid pump. Mm -hmm. uh, like it really needs it really needs some things to pump up some of these low value attacks like Shadow of Urser and stuff like that that are only swinging for two, but have so much other utility in your deck that it's hard to replace them. This gives you a way to use them and, and make them a threat. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm I'm definitely like I said that, I think that cards gonna be in a final chain build um and for me like 
uh, since I've been playing Kano for the last few weeks, I'm all aboard the Exude Confidence and Kano train. Like that card is just straight busted in there. Cause if you can get it in Arsenal, like this is the ideal situation, right? You get it in Arsenal turn one, and then you're sitting there with a full hand of cards, play that from Arsenal, and then your opponent suddenly has to think, oh, does he have a hand of four blues? Do I need to block out full here? Do I need to try to block a little bit thinking he's bluffing and then eat a bunch of it to the face? If I do block out fully, then the Kano player, me as a Kano player, gets to say, all right, well, now I get to trigger Kano and do some Arcane off the top. So like, it's a win-win for me anytime I play the card. The only thing it doesn't do is blow up Phantasms, but... Um, like that's everything I want in that deck. And it's sneaky. Like people are probably now going to start expecting it. But you know, when you're sitting across from a Kano player for the first time in this Monarch era, you know, a lot of people aren't accounting for that sneaky physical damage coming through. And especially after you've set aside most of, or all of your armor for null rune, like you're limited in your options for dealing with it. So it just makes a ton of sense there. Um, but I guess for now, we can jump away from Blitz um, and get into some classic Constructed. I think that's the preferred format for all of us here. Um, um, yeah, definitely me. Yeah. <laughs> um, me too. But we've been playing so much Blitz uh, from the end of uh, the previous cycle into the beginning of Monarch because uh, we're getting ready for Skirmish and stuff like that. But we did have a, a big classic Constructed tournament go off down in New Zealand, down at Dice Jar Games. Um, I don't remember how many players they had in that. Do you know, Addison? No, I don't actually know how many it was. Yeah, I didn't see how many players they had. I know they had a big top cut to something like 29. No, it was 29 players that they had uh, that went to a top eight. Um, so pretty decent event. Um, and I have the breakdown here for the top eight. Um, so they had two Dorinthias two Bravos, one Chain, one Prism, one Rhinar, and one Katsu, which is kind of interesting there. Oh, wow. Um, with the top four going to, starting with number four, um, it was a Chain, then a Dorinthia in third, Prism in second, and one by Bravo, uh, which I know makes Addison happy. <laughs> um this is this is a pretty interesting event. Uh, it was the first time we got to see the Monarch classes in like full constructed. Um, I think it confirmed a couple things for us because I know we, we had been talking internally and we've been hearing from other people that Prism felt like it was going to be complete in constructed, and she was struggling a bit in Blitz. Um, the other ones uh, make a lot of sense to me: Bravo, Dorinthia, Reinar, Chain, and Katsu. Like, well, none of those things are really surprising, but it's it's kind of setting the stage for what we're probably going to end up seeing a lot in Constructed. Um, Addison, did you get to watch some of these games? Do you have any takes on the event you want to share? Yeah, I got to watch most of the games. Um, takes on the event for me are that Prism is really, really good in Constructed. Uh, and if you don't know how to play against the deck, you're going to get just walloped the first time you play against it because it's just such a such a different kind of um, deck the way that it plays. Um now, once you figure out how to play against it, it'll get a little bit tighter, and you'll have it'll be some of the coolest games you'll play. Um, other than that, Dorinthia still being in there doesn't surprise me. This Katsu build is is perplexing. I, I've I've looked over it a bunch of times. There's 43 blues in it, and they don't run the uh, the surging strike line, so I'm not sure what they're what they're doing. And they're only running five flick flax, so I'm not really I don't really get it. But 
they got there. So, I mean, it is what it is Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, Reinar. Yeah, Reinar doesn't surprise me at all. I think Reinar is going to be really, really good in, uh, in Class Constructed, as well will Chain. Uh, Chain is going to be very good as well. So, no, not surprised, but I, I, the games were, were good. Um, Dan McKay playing that Prism deck was impressive. Like, just, I mean, that finals, how fast those guys were playing was insane. Like, I couldn't believe it. Even the, even the commentators were like, you know, if, if I was playing for $8,000, I would actually be thinking about what I'm doing a little bit. And these guys are just like, just flying <laughs> through the game. Not going through time on this one, Addison. <laughs> they didn't even come close. Like, <laughs> it's like a blitz match. What's the hell? <laughs> yeah, seriously. It was nuts, so. Well, and I, th- I think there's there's another interesting takeaway from from those games because I got to, I got to watch those as well. Um, but to Addison's point, when he was talking about, there's a game at the beginning of that where Dan plays Kale uh, and absolutely throttles Kale. Like he got the straight, uh, like he got the god draw is the only way I can describe it. It was auras nonstop from turn one and just leaning into him. And then you get to watch the finals, and Kale, you can see the change in his mindset from the first time he played it, which is really, really interesting because you, you watch his approach to it in the second game from the first game, and you're like, there's your counterplay. It's these decision points. Watch what he's doing. Uh, and, and that was what was really interesting to me is watching the adjustments he made from that first match to that second match. And it was it was a it was a very interesting comparison when you watch the two of those games, because it, it feels like the prism player knew exactly what he wanted to do in that matchup. And the Bravo player was like, I'm not quite sure what to make out of this matchup. Let's try this approach and just no. Yeah. And then the second time he's like, now I have it. Now I, get, I know your plan. Hmm. And, yeah, I'll and have it, to go back and watch those. Well, and, and it also feels like. Watching that, you see how many lines of play Bravo can take, whether it's an offensive or a defensive line. And if you don't notice that while they're playing that list, like you're not paying attention to the right things because that list can go from aggro to defense to control in a heartbeat. And, and it's just it's just a couple decisions in turn that they have to change. Um, and, and that's what's going to make Bravo a threat going forward is the flexibility in that list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brian, did you get to see any of the games? Uh, no, I have not been able to see any of the games. Um, did hear a lot of talk from, of course, the the shop, and it's it all sounds really good. But like you, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go back and uh, really scrutinize and come up with a game plan. Yeah, I was interested to see what you saw in the in the warrior lists. Um, I know the one that made top four. It looked like the only monarch cards they were running were uh, two reds and three. Uh, blue plow throughs and a single nourishing emptiness. Otherwise, it is just a regular old Dernthia deck. That's all you need. Uh, <laughs> That's all you need. It's just pumps um, and, and and the nourishing emptiness. I mean, it just makes it that much easier uh, to to play off the rest of your hand, especially if you get more pumps. It's like, oh, okay, and check this out. I can go search my deck too, and I can draw a card, and I and it just keeps going. It's just like, good God, it's a snowball and it never stops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was pretty interesting. Uh, Todd, did you see anything that interested you about the Chanye players since you're kind of the, our resident expert? Um, so I, I didn't actually watch that game. Did you see that one? Okay. No, no. I, I, so with Construct, uh, and this is just a me thing, with Constructed uh, Chanye, because that's where I want to look first, I, I don't want to go into that list with like impressions. 
I, w- right. I want to take I want to take what I know from what I've played and what I've seen in Blitz, and see if I can extrapolate that to build a full fledged deck, and, and like putting in some of these other things that I think are going to work better into constructed and expand the list out from there. Uh, so I, I did not like I actually intentionally skipped that game. Got it. Well, I won't spoil anything for you. I do think the deck is interesting, and sounds like some of the stuff you've already talking about where it's making its way there. So. I think you're you're building it on your own which is pretty cool you're you're my deck building uh zen master because i'm <laughs> fucking awful at it <laughs> so you gotta help me out every time <laughs> i'll go ahead and spoil some of it uh he played cards from his banished zone and i heard Ooh. that's a good tactic for chain interesting play oh man that's not the way i was going now i gotta rethink it. yeah i know right i think we need about six more zones in the game really yeah. to flesh it completely let's not give them any ideas uh because i could fit cards under all my equipment um there's a couple zones under the chain um, well that's coming that's coming it's called a pocket oh my god (laughs) see what i did there that was a good one right (laughs) i'm gonna change all my mats up now get some white out and make some more boxes and and, and pockets you know, just start drawing on them. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if they make more zones, they get to sell you more play mats. That's, That's, right. That's true. It's like, oh, you got the old ones. That's not going to do. <laughs> um, so we had a we had another interesting release, uh, just kind of outside of the um, actual games being played themselves. Um, Legend Story released their organized play program uh, list, uh, which kind of they have a four tier system for all the different tournaments and events that they plan to run over the course of a year. Um, which is pretty interesting because uh, if you guys uh, who are listening have been paying attention to kind of the wider TCG universe, you know that Magic recently stopped having a pro tour. Uh-huh. And Legend Story kind of came in and said, well, we would like a pro tour, so we're going to start having one. Um, so I think that that is going to make this game go pretty huge. But um, before we kind of talk about that, I wanted to go through the different tiers, just kind of explain it as we will be talking about these things as we prepare for events. Um, so I feel like it's important for people listening to kind of know what we're talking about. So on tier one um, is the shop events. Those are the armory events, the on-demand events, and the play anywhere events um, with the kind of apex of the tier one being the skirmish events, which is kind of what we're preparing for now. Um, on the tier two, there's two different events. There's the road to nationals, um, which are larger scale tournaments in your skirmish, which are getting you, um, they're open entry, but they're kind of the lead into the national championships. Um, also on that tier is the pro quest. Um, these are events you play in to receive, um, pro tour invites, um, where you qualify for those events. Those are all open entry. So this is where, you know, if you think you got stuff to be a pro player, you go enter these and this uh, kind of gets you started on that chain of events going up to the pro tour. Um, tier three is a national championship. Um, it's invite only. I assume that you win uh, invites to this from the road to nationals, um, representing your country in a large tournament. Um, on the pro tour side of this uh, is the calling, um, which we've had events for in the past. That That is now part of the pro tour chain. Then at the very top in tier four is the world championship. Um, it's also invite only. I assume that that's, you know, it, that's part of the national road to nationals, national championship world tournament. Um, and then on the other side of that is the pro tour. So you have your two different kind of tracks that go up through the different tiers. 
Uh, you kind of pick your poison, see where you want to go. And it sounds like you got to win the lower tier events to start getting invites to the upper tier events. Um, and as you listen to this podcast, uh, I think all of us are pretty interested in traveling for events and being super competitive. So we'll be talking about these as we enter them. Don't know that we have anybody who's going to be going for pro tour. From um, the shop. I will. You going for pro tour? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I what, probably are gonna, too. what are you guys going to do? You, Todd, are you going to quit the shop? Um, no, I, the shop will be a flesh and blood shop, twenty four seven, man. <laughs> That's it'll dedication. Be, it'll be Team Todd and Addison at Total Access Games, um, doing pro tour shit. Well, fortunately, you have uh, two really solid back to back employees of the month in Jabba and Chewie that you can train to run the shop in your. Yes, absence. yes, they are very, very um, trustworthy and dependable. Employees. Workaholics, really, they um, are can't get them out of there they just yeah. they sleep in the shop they eat at the shop uh these are todd's dogs by the way yes <laughs> yes um so how do you guys feel about the the tournament structure like are you hyped that there's a pro tour are you you see this pulling in all those old magic players like is flesh and blood gonna explode go ahead brian so here's the thing it's definitely a um they popped it out there because of what happened with Magic the Gathering. Uh, they're going to try to soak I, up that thing. You may I not think so. If, I don't think that's why they did that. Uh, they there was they released it early. That's what I'm saying. They didn't. I, I don't think they, they had did. that immediately. I think they were going to wait I, a bit. Did. They did. Um, like there, there was there was emails and messages sent that they were getting ready to make an announcement about yep. um, classic constructed before the Watsi thing happened. Yeah. Um, so they, they definitely had this in the pipeline. I, I don't think this changed their timeline of when they were going to do it. Because um, my my understanding was that we were going to know before June. So like that that still seems to line up for me from what I was expecting to hear. That's fine. I just I still think that it's a little bit timely that that happened like right after the announcement of the Magic the Gathering thing uh, because they had just I mean it it literally was like either the same day or the day after. And that's when they put it out there. And I'm not saying they didn't have it all set up because they definitely want everybody to play in, uh, you know, the course in person. And they said they wanted this to be competitive and something that, you know, people had value to. So it makes sense. And of course, they're going to have everything already planned for it. I just think they released, a, you know, a little bit earlier than they what they maybe expected. I, I, so I was kind of thinking maybe they released it the time they did due to COVID restrictions being lifted. And that's a possibility right? too. Because, like, we, we also know that here, like, as of, what, the 28th, like, yay, life's back to normal for the most part. Um, so, like, May 28th, like, we're back to normal. Even Watsi has stated that we can start in-store play on the 28th. Like, I, I feel like this was I, – I do agree this was calculated, but I think with that announcement being made that, like, other play is coming back on the 28th, they wanted people to know that, hey, don't, don't forget, we've got these things – this is our timeline. This is our table. This is what we're setting up for the community. And, and I feel like that that's where I thought this came from. More that than, you know, hey, Watsi said we're going to play. And, and they're going to cancel their Pro Tour, by the way. Like, that was the message from, from Watsi. Yeah. Hey, you guys can play in the store. Oh, by the way, no real competitive. Yeah. So I guess we'll uh, I guess we'll see how it pans out. I do know that you know this is for at least the U.S. where you have a lot of things. There's still places in the world that are having a, you know a lot of problems with this. So you know the world tour it it kind of makes sense for us, but it's not going to be for the, the the greater world per se. 
Well, and um, it's, so the Worlds is also not until 2022. So, like, that's a year out anyway. I feel like that that was part of the About six post. months until 2022. Yeah, well, I mean, you, pa- you you tag it into the back end of the year in August and September when the weather is more climatable in most places. Like, I, I don't think they're trying to plan for early 2022. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's my play. Um, so, I, I don't think it was explicitly stated in here, but do you guys know what type of of events these are is is there tournament structure of choice classic constructed uh is there blitz in here is it what is it well i think the statement was that most of these um competitive tier tournaments i i think the callings have already they've already shown that they'll do those as as blitz or whatever right um because they i think the skirmish no the the um the callings okay because um am i wrong on that addison or were both of those constructed no, one was constructed, one was Blitz. Yeah, so they've done them before as Blitz. Yeah. So, so the, I mean, that option is there for, like, calling tier stuff. But I'm, I'm pretty sure the road to Nationals and and the road to the Pro Tour events and all that kind of stuff are probably going to be classic constructed. They will 100% be. Yeah. Um, yeah. ProQuest, and, thought- ProQuest and, uh, and Road to Nationals will be constructed. Yeah, I thought they had made some of those events blitz in the past to make them accessible because of COVID, you know, because people were playing them on webcams. Um, but my impression was that they intended to make Class Constructed the, the premier format for these big tournaments, um, which I think is pretty exciting because I, I, I don't want to be down on it, but man, I'm tired of blitz. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's just some, some bl- jank that goes on in blitz that just doesn't agree with me. So, um, this, this is pretty exciting. Um, uh, we have a large group of us that played, uh, at the destiny worlds and have traveled to a lot of the different prime events, which were sort of the road to nationals type events or skirmishes. Um, so it's pretty interesting that we're going to have that stuff to look forward to in the next year. And, um, I'm ready to get started on that stuff. Um, did they go any farther in that article and actually state like which tiers happen at what kind of locations or, or like what kind of player caps they wanted for those? I didn't see on there specifically. Um, I would have to go back through and read it, but uh, it sounded like the, the skirmish events were kind of the store level, probably the road to nationals. Um, we're probably bigger events like a, a prime or something like that. I would imagine in the national and worlds, obviously would have to be much bigger, like arena type things like they did for destiny worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm hoping so like, um, spoiler alert. Uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping to be like a good hub for flesh and blood. And I would love to be able to host like a road to nationals type event. Like that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be awesome. All right, so I have a little bit of information here if you want to know. Okay. I looked it up. So ProQuest, um, both of these Tier 2 um, things, ProQuest and Road to Nationals, ProQuest is not going to happen this year, it looks like. Um, it is the next Pro Tour event on the calendar. Um, like skirmish events, ProQuest events are intended to be fairly accessible for communities around the world while providing strong uh, press support. Our intention is that international travel starts to open up and we can see pathway to hosting international Pro Tour events. Blah, blah, blah. So so once more countries open up, ProQuest will be the way. For the meanwhile, though, they say Road to Nationals is the Tier 2 tournament series, which will be commencing 
once this season of skirmish is finished. These events provide players with a direct qualification pathway to the national championship, as well as a range of elite prizes. They'll be providing more details on Road to Nationals, but for those who have been hanging out for a chance to play top-level classic constructed, this is going to be your chance. That's what it says. Woo, good news. All right, so it sounds like the the Pro 2 stuff is going to be delayed a little bit, but the Road to Nationals is going to continue after the skirmish season. I mean, that kind of makes sense if you think about it, because, you know, you, you got to fill those ranks first, so you need people to play in the lower tiers yep. to, to figure out who you need to invite anyway, so it's going to take a bit. I like that it's kind of a – it's almost a league format, right? There's your regular season, uh, you know, intramural games uh, up into your sort of playoffs and Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like that too. Well, and it's yeah. also a well-thought-out plan. This plan was not laid out in a week, you know, with three guys going to the bar and being like, all right, guys, let's make a tournament. Like, let, let's make a scaled tournament that leads to a pro tour. Like, these guys spent time – they looked at things that were done right and wrong by other companies in the past, uh, including Magic. Um, but like they, they've taken all these cues and these things that have worked for other companies and kind of combined them into a system that's going to make a really good ladder. Um, and, and that's the best way to look at it is it, it is a ladder. Mm-hmm. And you go up each rung of this ladder to reach this tier in this plateau. And, and once you get there, you're there. Now, 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 shit gets real, and you're playing for the money. Um, and, and I think that's really awesome. I think that'll be super fun, and I think it'll be a way to keep casual and competitive involved at the same time, um, without stressing either one of the two factions. Yeah, ladder is a perfect way to think of it, and and I think that's, I think it's cool that people who are very motivated have an opportunity to play in a lot of events. It sounds like. Because it, it doesn't seem like there's anything that restricts you from playing in a Road to Nationals and a ProQuest if you want to go that route. Um, so there's a lot of opportunities to play big-scale events and and move up that ladder kind of however however way you want to do it. Um, and that's that's pretty exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to traveling um, and going to these things and getting hotel rooms and just hanging out. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um. So I guess we're, we're starting to wrap up um, towards the end of our hour that we usually set aside for this, but I thought it would be a good opportunity to bring Brian in and talk some more market stuff because things are crazy right now. Um, and I guess you can expand on that, Brian, because I, I don't know enough about it to say things other than, oh, that's crazy, or that looks good, or that's bad. That's encouraging. All right. So, yeah, let, let's just talk about this for a second. Um, we already told, we already knew that the price isn't the first time uh, that people opened up packs and from the, I guess, the pre-releases and then when boxes started coming in that there was going to be, you know, everything kind of spiking. That's what you saw. Majestics were, I think, lower part at like $10 all the way up to a 30 or 40 or even higher. Uh, legendaries were like, even for the footsteps, like a thousand. Um, a lot of the other pieces like Carrion and uh, some of the other like generics were somewhere around between 800 to 700 uh the eclipses and the doomsdays were going for about i want to say 800 to 700 depending on what it is and then you had what we like to call the uh the race to the bottom 
and that's where everybody starts opening packs and they want to you know cash in on the cards that they get they may not use and they just start trying to sell it to you know make money for hopefully the unlimited when it comes out later uh the only problem is is that the market is now saturated so if you're looking to purchase anything especially first edition now's the time to do it uh a lot of cards and the majestics are anywhere from about on what 25 down to four dollars five dollars and those are majestics okay uh they will go back up as the the supply dries up in their first edition they'll go back up especially if they start seeing play um doomsday dropped from like i want to say 800 700 on to 400 dollars eclipse is on this way to 400 dollars right now it's about 450 to 425 especially if you you know went it on ebay for for a price um i want to say the dynamos uh, the souls those are those are still going around 600 uh but they're ranging for anywhere from like 550 to 600 depending on if you want to purchase it now or try to win it in a bid uh footsteps were going for a thousand now they're around 700 like mid 700s around there so they're still retaining price uh carrying husk is around 600 little 600 650 somewhere around there and uh, yeah, uh, it's just it's it's been a crazy uh, ride down. Now, what has increased in price is crew once again because of the fact that you still haven't got unlimited out there. Uh, I mean, the lowest majestic that's out there is like eleven dollars, eleven to twelve dollars. Everything else can go all the way up to like two hundred dollars. It's it's insane. Um, and that's the a lot of the majestics are any or up the higher level because people are trying to, you know, fill out those decks with the new stuff. Uh, with the Bolivias, you know, Beast Withens, uh, Massacres. Uh, of course, you got the Courage of Blade Holds. You've got your Spoils of War. Those those chase cards that everybody wants, and now that you can't get them anymore, and they've already sort of dried up now people just want them even more so they just keep on going up i mean even the enlightened strikes from uh, wtr are kind of went up about what 10 to 20 dollars um command and conquerors are still around you know a pretty a hefty price arts of war going up uh, so yeah as more product comes in it's going to maybe go down but what i found was very interesting also is the legendaries from the older sets are still kind of retaining the same value they had before mask is uh mask of momentum is still like 225 somewhere around there um i was surprised that scarab skins did not really change they're still at about 110 so there obviously there's enough out there but i thought that would be going up considering you know like everybody's saying brute is becoming a pretty decent deck um bracers are kind of staying where they're where they usually stay and of course uh, bravo's uh, chest is still at 90 dollars. it never changes even though once again that's a good deck i, I don't know if it's because people just don't want to play it they want to play the new fancy stuff um I, I just don't know but um yeah it's it's all over the place um i don't see it going on any time soon but right now for anybody that's listening first edition monarch buy the dip buy what you want and what you need right now uh and it will once again if you want to hold out for unlimited that's fine it'll be cheaper um but if you want to like fill your collection with first edition cards at a cheap price get them now they will be going up again once all the supply dries up and that's all that's left is unlimited I'm pretty excited for Crucible Unlimited to come out. I'm tired of uh, having to pay exorbitant prices for these cards. <laughs> Absolutely. A lot of people are. Uh, I want my shard of Art Knight, so I'll be definitely happy when they finally drop it. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, I think that I, I personally opened, I opened two cases of first Monarch. I'm kind of waiting for things to settle down. Um, because race to the bottom is a perfect description of what's been going on. And I, I think we kind of expected that maybe not this aggressive, uh, because when I looked at those majestic prices, I was kind of shocked that they oh, yeah. had gotten down so low. <laughs> yeah. Um, like the only thing that seemed to hold value were like the exude confidences and things like that were with a, 
last time I looked, I think a non-foil was 21 or something, and a foil was up in the 40s or something like that. Yeah, celestial uh, cladoclysm is like kind of the high, one of the higher ones out there. So yeah. Hmm. Um. So it's it's wild out there. I I think it'll settle down, like you were saying, but. Um, if you got some stuff that you're you're not in a position where you need to try to fire sale it, you can probably feel free to hold on to it, and you, it'll retain some value as it things start to clear out uh, after this flood, and then especially once uh, the unlimited flood dies down, which is coming in what another week or two. When does that release? Ty, so, do you have uh, do you have that? It's the first week of June. June first 4th. week of June. Yep. So okay. we're about two, what two weeks in, and yep. then. Yep. That's not so bad. So, yeah. I mean, even the box prices for Monarch First Edition are about $400 still. They haven't really risen. They kind of stayed stable. So, I guarantee those will go up um, at some point, especially once oh, Unlimited yeah. hits. Uh, Crucible War, those boxes are still just astronomically high, and I don't ever see them going down, especially when Unlimited comes out. You're still going to have you know people wanting the First Edition stuff. So, good luck. My, my biggest regret in this game is that when I first got in, I was so into playing Ranger. Oops. That I was like, I don't even need to buy any Crucible because I bought this collection from somebody and I got all my Rage cards. And then I didn't have any this entire time and I've been having to buy it at stupid prices just to play it. So <laughs> uh, if you want to play a game like Flesh and Blood, don't do what I did and hone in on one class, especially if it's a suspect one and you knew that going in. Um, just learn that lesson from me. Well, here's the other thing um, with the announcement of the and the release of the actual Unlimited. When that hits, that is the clear indication. First edition is done. There is no more. There, there won't be any more, and whatever's out there is out there. Uh, and, and that's what's going to cause, I think, the first real spike in Monarch on the pricing. Uh, because I, I don't think, I don't think the realization is checked in yet that, like, Hey, guess what? That's all your cold foils. That's all you got. Yep. Um, and, and and now now that's when it's going to happen. People are going to be like, oh, shit. Probably shouldn't have sold that for like 400 bucks. That seems like a bad deal now. Because we've all done that. Every, mm. every one of us, except for maybe Brian, because he's smarter than most of us. Um, <laughs> every other one of us has probably gotten a cold foil and been like, you know what, man? I think I'll just cash that out now. And, and then like – Yep, and then two months later, we're like, oh, shit, hey, look at that. It's twice as much. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Me either. <laughs> Me either. Don't Why don't we listen it. to Brian more? So, <laughs> Well, I, I, do now. I, I try to tell you guys when, when Crucible's out there and Todd was still getting cases, I'm like, listen, just buy one box and hold it. And you're like, no, what are you talking about? I said, listen, it's going to go above 1,000. You're going to be able to trade that box in and get two cases or three cases of crew if it stays at you normal things like Todd was selling it for. Yep. And everybody's just like, oh, okay, whatever. And they kept on, you know, and it's like, oh, shit. Okay. Damn. <laughs> I don't mean, need to, Brian. I'm playing Ranger. I don't need you. That's uh, how you feel there, buddy. Yeah. I mean, Brian, how many how many times did I make that comment to you when I, when you would come back in? You're like, you still got Crucible boxes? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I was man. surprised. I was like, I don't want to purchase because like, these guys are missing out. I'm like, I've got what I need. I said, everybody needs this stuff right now while they got a chance. And everybody's just like, do, 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 do. I said, listen, I purchased two cases of Alpha uh, WTR and one case of, Al- Al- what is it, uh, First Edition Arc when it came out. And I didn't see it coming. When I started seeing things, I said, I don't think they realize what's about to happen with this product. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and the same thing's going to happen with Monarch, even though there's more numbers on this. Monarch First Edition, you if you have a case, I guarantee you when Kingdom starts rolling around, you might want to be able to turn that case in for uh, a bunch of First Edition Kingdom product. 
Just a thought. Yeah, so do you think the print run was um, vastly different or close to in line? I think it's very, very vastly different, um, a whole lot more, because you take a look at how much has hit the TCG player market with this race to the bottom. It's insane, okay? Now, how much? I don't know. But I guarantee you it is nowhere close to the numbers that first edition uh, crew when it came out was. And I can't remember those numbers off the top of my head, but they I think they, they doubled the print run for first edition crew versus what they did for ARC and uh, WTR. So I'll be interested to see those numbers, and I don't know when we'll see them. I, I, like, I hope that's not the case. I hope it hovers around like what was it? A uh, nine hundred thousand boxes was for a crew. Yeah, like a million or nine hundred thousand, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, like I hope it doesn't surpass a, a million. It will. Yeah, for something that's supposed to be sort of a collector's no, item. No, it, it um, will. I hate to say it. They, I think they put a lot more into it when they saw the the game spiking the way it is and why people were, you know, you know, just, you know, what is it called, hoarding cases and and boxes of this stuff. Um, they were afraid it was going to happen again. I think they they really printed this. Now, th- they added some more value with those extended cards, so don't forget about that. Those things are still holding pretty good value, too. Um, I just think that uh, it, it may not go as high as those other three sets because of how much it is out there. But, I mean, take a look at how many libraries we pull. Take a look how many libraries are out there. It started out at $10,000 for one, and now it's down to 4000 That will go back up, of course, once everybody starts, you know, flooding, you know, when it's the flood stops and, you know, everything gets bought up. But, yeah, it's or or when people figure out how playable it is, or yeah, is it that, playable? that too, exactly. Or when they figure out what the actual run is, because like that too. If that if that does come out to be a million, like a hundred thousand boxes is not a hell of a lot more. No, it's not. Um, I like, but I, I really hope they didn't. I, I really hope they didn't like inflate the print run to like two million. Well, what I'm really curious about is uh, people who missed out on crucible and i didn't do this with my first edition monarch um but people who who had that issue with uh, crucible and whether or not they decided to hold a bunch of cases and how many cases of first edition monarch are just sitting there waiting to be sold there's a lot like, i imagine it's probably a lot yeah um but who knows like how much how much product is still sitting out there that hasn't been opened i would still say a whole bunch because once again this this game exploded and nobody saw it coming. I'm telling you, nobody saw it coming. And then just overnight, hey, everything's gone. And now everybody's prepping for it. Now you've got not just you got the the mega investors jumping in there now too. So uh, yeah, it's it's gonna there's gonna this is the third set or excuse me the fourth set the third major set. And there's a lot out there, and I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, now it may be you know dripped to people at a specific price over time. Some are going to be knee, more knee jerk than others. But uh, this is, I mean, they're going to be upping the price. I mean, the, the print runs, especially when you've got world tournaments going on and all these other type of events and they're wanting to be, you know, competitive and they want people to get cards. They're going to have to. There's no other choice. Right on. Well, thank you, Brian, for that update. Uh, was there anything else that you guys felt like we wanted to cover before we wrap things up today? All right. I'm going to take that as a no. Um, I'm excited to play more games. Um, I'm excited for another skirmish, uh, even though I'm probably going to get my butt kicked. Um, it is what it is, and, I, and I'm ready for some of these big tournaments to start kicking off. I, I really miss when we were prepping for Destiny Worlds 
as a group and we're we're really grinding on that and getting to a place where we were all feeling great about our decks and all of our skill level was really high so i'm ready for us to get back to that i'm just feeling happy that i can finally move around you know the country without having to worry about stuff as much as i did before that too it is nice to have some freedom of movement and actually feel safe traveling again right yes um y'all think we'll have um like not have to travel amazingly far for these roads to nationals or you think they'll be like few and far between I just hope Todd gets them all. I don't have to go no, anywhere. Me too. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, that's all I'm asking for. I just want a road to national. That's all I want. I mean, all right, you can host a national championship too. It's fine. It's fine. All right, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. All right, I'll take it. Um, it's invite yeah, only. I, I can fit it. I feel like regionally, uh, we're in pretty good shape that we have such a big community at Todd Shop, and we've been consistent since the game was released in the U.S. and are continuing to buy tons of product from him and he's setting a good example by not uh charging us an arm and a leg so like chances are good that we will have a very healthy competitive scene in this region um being played through here so yeah um, i'm excited to find out more as that stuff starts to come out um but thank you guys for coming um we are gonna head out uh hope you have a good evening and we'll talk to you next time have a safe have a safe week everybody